0: Welcome back to the Beyond the Peloton podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Martin, author of the Beyond the Peloton newsletter at beyondthepeloton.substack.com. Or we're talking Tour de France, specifically Stage 7, the wild, crazy Stage 7 that's just wrapped up right now. So I'll go through that as well as what to expect this coming weekend with some big mountain stages. But first, let's welcome the podcast's first sponsor, Idaho & Foods. They're, they are sponsoring us at Beyond the Peloton for our Tour de France podcasts and newsletters. And you, a listener, can enjoy 30% off any order at shop.idahoand.com during the tour by entering the discount code BTP30 at checkout. This code also applies for 30% off and free shipping on your first subscription order. If you think you want more than one, uh, you want to get that subscription. You're going to save a lot of money that way because you also get 15% off and free shipping on every future delivery after that. You can mix and match your favorite 100% real Idahoan potato products and receive free shipping on any order over $55. All their products are naturally gluten-free. Idahoan's 100% real potatoes are fresh dried to make prep easy and done within minutes. And did you know, did you know, this is huge for cyclists, that a 2019 study published in the Journal of Applied Physiology concluded that eating potatoes during prolonged cycling is as effective as commercial carbohydrate gels to support exercise performance. This is key because those gels can really upset your stomach. This happens to me and I don't eat enough and then I'll box sometimes or underperform. God forbid. And furthermore, potatoes are a promising, savory alternative for athletes because they are a cost-effective, nutrient-dense, dense, whole food source of carbs compared to the overly sweet carbohydrate gels. But to redeem this order, you can go to shop.idahoan.com and just enter BTP30 at checkout. All right, so back to the racing. We, um, we've we had a crazy few, st- it's just the craziest uh, opening week of the tour I can-, I can ever remember. I think there's been two stages that haven't had GC changes. That is the sprint stage on stage four and the sprint stage on stage six. Other than that, we've had somewhat major shakeups every day. Um, And then oddly today, stage seven, uh, totally insane stage, like action packed, nonstop action for a 250 kilometer stage. It was the longest stage in 21 years. Um, Only took them like a little over five hours, which is, that's absurd. That is crazy. If you rode a hundred miles in five hours, that'd be fast. And this is like a hundred this is 155 miles, so that is an absolutely bonker stage. Um, but yeah, oddly, it was um, it actually had some of the fewest GC changes that we've seen or like less significant GC ch- changes that we've seen so far. So uh, we'll just unpack this really quick and um, give you a quick primer of the week. And so much is going to change over the weekend with these mountain stages that um, a lot of this is going to become uh, just useless and dated. Quite soon. So, we'll just quickly touch on a few subjects. Um, stage seven. So, Woot Van Hart, Matthew Vanderpoel, these guys are attached to the hip. It is so cool, so special that we get to watch them. They are incredible. They have taken over road cycling. It is, it is official. Um, Tim at the Slow Ride Podcast, I offer up my apologies for ever doubting the Vanderpoel Van Hart takeover. I now accept my, my cyclocross overlords. These guys are incredible. They're like, um, like super versions of, of great road or great yeah road specific cyclists we've had in the past um it's a 250 kilometer stage at the tour this is like snooze fest written all over it um in the past yeah you'd go mow the lawn you would go on a ride you you'd get a nice coffee get a breakfast get a lunch get a dinner and then the stage would end and nothing would happen it would be a breakaway finishing 25 minutes ahead with no one significant, and then the peloton would roll in and no one would attack but yeah, that that was not this. It was attacking from from the gun. And then the break didn't go until 209 kilometers to go, which means it must have been, I mean, they were going about averaging 55k an hour for the first hour. So it must have been around 40 minutes of all-out racing when Moot Van Aert, um, really savvy. I mean, just really impressive to, you know, he wanted to get in the break to A, win the stage, to B, try to get the yellow jersey, try to take it from Matthew Vanderpool, his rival. And um probably just just uh, put pressure, just main thing, put pressure on UAE and Pogachar, force them to chase and move up as much as he can in the G.C. You know, the higher he is in the GC, the better it is for his teammates Jonas Vinegard and Primoz Roglic, because it makes other it make, puts the onus on other teams to to set pace and and do things. If they just sit back, wo- wins a, wo- wins the tour. So um yeah, he he just knew he had to get in this break and he did it. He executed it. I have some screenshots in the newsletter that just went up. Um, but he was just on the front drilling it. Um and the cause some crosswinds come out come out to play. It's like a wide open straight road, is like wide as roads get in France, which is perfect crosswind territory because they're these roads are exposed. Um and that's when this massive 29 rider group goes. Um it's like super packed with superstars. So um, you know, normally you're used to a tour where it's like, oh, the breakaway's up the road, now the Peloton settles in and chases them back. That was not this move because Woot Van Aert made sure he was in it. His teammate Tony Martin did a great job of getting him in there. And if Woot Van Aert was going to be in it, Matthew Vanderpoel was going to be in it because he wasn't going to let his rival, you know, have all the fun. And he had to defend his yellow jersey. So we had this crazy and amazing scene of Van Aert getting the break, and then the yellow jersey going in a break, 200 kilometers from the finish on a transition stage of the tour. It was awesome. And then once those guys are up there, I mean. The group was so strong. Casper Askren, who won the, you know, this year's uh, Tour Tour Flanders beat beat Matthew Vanderpool to it. Um Philippe Chaubert, just a murderous row of of strong riders. The Peloton didn't didn't stand a chance. I mean, once this thing was rolling, they pulled out you know, they pulled out like a 30 second gap, basically in a kilometer and a half. So um it was it was game over. And so UAE had to get to the front for Pogachar. It was kind of an interesting scenario where so Pogachar is not leading the race. But with Woot Van Aert up there and Vincenzo Nibali, you know, they've got to keep some type of cap on it. This, they can't let this thing go out to 20, 30 minutes because you're not getting you know, Woot Van Aert back if you give him 20 minutes. But they get to the front and kind of, you know, they're noodling along. They don't want to be up here. They don't have the jersey. They Really, the onus should not be on them to work, but Jumbo left them no chance by getting Woot up there. So um, great, great tactics by Jumbo so far. Um, and I think if you, know, I think a lot of people halfway to the, st- the stage, um, Matej Modoric, the, the third Slovenian, the forgotten Slovenian, but oddly Slovenian current Slovenian national champion, which tells us the guy is quite good. He breaks away from the breakaway with Brett Van Moore from stage four, who was caught like in the final 100 meters of that stage. Um, in long story short, he wins the stage. I mean, that was the winning move. He sprinted for a KOM point. I think the peloton screwed up, or the the breakaway screwed up. They thought he was just sprinting for the KOM point, but he just kept going. He just rolled over the top of that. Um, if you're a young rider listening to that, this that that's always a good tactic. People just assume that you're going to stop once you get to the the intermediate sprint point, king of the mountain point, but you can win races like this. Just keep rolling. You know, make him chase you, and that's exactly what he did here. It was really, really a beautiful move and obviously just took loads of power. Um, It's one thing to say it. It's another to do it because then he pretty much just single-handedly powered away from this super, super powerful breakaway and popped the four riders who bridged up to him eventually just one by one and won the stage. So yeah, super impressive from him. But um, yeah, so when he went, they had about a seven minute gap in the Peloton, which is pretty big. That's pretty serious. You don't see gaps like that you know, with, with moves as strong anymore. This is more of like a nineties, two thousands type thing. Um, right here, I, I saw some chatter on Twitter that people thought this might go up to like 15 minutes and Mout Van Aert would just ride to the tour victory right here, but that's not, doesn't really happen because the tour is so important to these small French teams like, uh, Total, Total Direct Energie, who have Pierre Latour pretty high up in the GC. So they came forward to help, uh, to help UAE so this just wouldn't balloon out of control. Long story short, there's a lot of attacking, attacking in the final. Ben tries to get rid of Matthew Vanderpool on some pretty steep climbs toward the finish. Can't get rid of them. They just decide, screw it, let's work together. They are moving so fast over the last, you know, 10k when they start working together that they actually start pulling back Motorich, They finish about a minute and 40 seconds behind them. They get like fourth and seventh on the stage, riding through. You know, riders that have been dropped by Motorich um, and Van Art gets like he now has a three minute and thirteen second advantage in the GC over Tadej Pogacar, who's the closest GC rider. Um, and then it gets it gets pretty big after that. You know, we have like Julian Philippe, You know, maybe I consider him a GC contender. A lot of people don't. He's three minutes fifty three seconds back. Pierre Latour, I'd say, barely a GC contender. He's four and a half minutes back. Richard Carapaz is five minutes, you know, almost five minutes behind Van and Garrett Thomas is also five minutes behind. That's hard. This can be hard for them to pull back. If you remember, Wu Van Aert beat Garrett Thomas at Torino Adriatico, the stage race this year. So uh, it's not like these minutes are just going to melt away. So that that was pretty significant in itself. And then back in the GC group, the two big stories are Roglic just gets popped big time. The stage was just so hard, so hard start to finish that he never really, you know, if if you know he had a good time trial, same thing with Garrett Thomas, good time trial. People are like, oh yeah, maybe they're doing okay. It's one thing to ride hard for thirty minutes. It's another to ride hard for five hours, all out. Roglic blows up with like sixteen kilometers to go, um, just falls out of GC contention. Super sad to see, but not not completely surprising. If you've ever had severe road rash, you just degrade every day. People think like, oh yeah, you know he did well two two days after the crash, so he's just going to get better, but. With the road rash, you're almost at your best two days after the crash, and then you just start getting worse and worse and worse. And that's what we're seeing there. Also, Garrett Thomas dropped briefly. And if Garrett Thomas has dropped on these relatively easy climbs, this weekend of, with full of alpine climbs is going to be really, really hard. You know, he could be done, though, this weekend. I actually expect him to be done out of the GC after this weekend. But the, the other big story is Richard Carap has attacked really hard, really hard with 13K to go. Um no reaction from Tade Pogachar. I'm watching thinking, wow, Pogachar Pogacar, maybe is how you say his name. Really screwed this up. Screwed this up big time. Carapaz is going to take 40 seconds back onto him and be back in the fight for the GC. And what's key here is Pogachar was isolated. He had no, you know, maybe he had one teammate, but he had no teammates that were able to work to pull back Karapaz. So he's cooked, right? He's got to pull by himself Richard Carapaz back while everyone else gets to attack him, potentially put time into him. But <laughs> that's not what happened. Movistar comes to the front to pull back Richard Carapaz for reasons no one is quite sure of. Um, Movistar should have been in the early break. You know, They would be perfect candidates for that. They have a lot of strong riders who have lost a lot of time already. They have one rider, Enric Mass, who I, I consider the only rider on the team, a serious GC contender. Who probably should have gone with Richard Carapaz. But instead, you know, they're not the team that should be defending. They need the they're the team that need to be sowing as much chaos as possible because they need chaos if they're gonna do well. Because if they try to race these guys straight up, they're gonna get blown out of the water. And even if they don't get blown out of the water, they've lost so much time already, they'll lose anyway if they just hold them to a draw. So uh made no sense. I you know, I just think that. Movistar hates Carapaz. He left the team, broke his contract to go to Ineos. He was making like 200,000 euros a year at Movistar and he got paid like 2 million euros a year at Ineos. And he said, yeah, I'm doing it for the money. (laughs) See you guys later. I think that, and his agent has a really big beef with the Movistar director. And I think that is exactly what happened here. But Pogachar is the big beneficiary of this because he could just sit ninth wheel and he gets a free ride to the finish while Carapaz is killing himself to try to take time on him. And they all cross the line together. Carapaz gets zero time. Pogachar loses no time on any, you know, let's, let's just set aside Wuven van Hart for one second. Pogachar gets no time on any, he loses no time to any GC contenders. <laughs> that is a pretty impressive day for a rider who looked to be on the ropes about halfway through the stage. Um, but now let's enter Woot back into that conversation. The guy gets a lot of time. So he finishes with, you know, Vanderpoel, actually, you know, they are big rivals, but you know, the Vanderpoel has been really, was really helpful to him today. You know, I don't think today happens without Vanderpoel. He was so strong to get this break going. He was really, really the, he was the engine early on. Benar is kind of riding. It's kind of odd to say that he's had such a good opening week, but he's still riding himself into form after missing some training due to an appendix surgery. Um, but he gets... You know, okay, so we should mention Vincenzo Nibali. Doesn't win the stage. Kind of a disappointing day. You could kind of see the age. You know, I think Vincenzo Nibali five years ago wins this stage. But Vincenzo Nibali is now sitting, you know, he's 30 seconds behind Pogacar, but he's Ahead of everyone else. He's ahead of Julian Alaphilippe, Pierre Latour, Rigoberto Uran, Jonas Vindegaard, Richard Carapaz, Garrett Thomas. So uh, Nibali's back in the conversation. He's not going to win. I, he just does not have the power anymore to win. He could, he could podium. The guy is a magician. He can do anything on a bike. So it's kind of weird. It's, it's a kind of a huge screw-up that a lot of these teams let him back into the race. But Venar is serious time now. Um, I mean, three minutes on Pagachar. He he can climb, and we saw last year at the tour, he was there on every major climb, and he got second to Pogacar Torreno Adriatico this year, and was dropping Egan Bernal, who just won the Giro d'Italia on the climb. So he's a serious climber. uh, People weren't really talking about it after the stage, but to me, this is the big story of the day. Um, Pogacar was isolated, couldn't pull him back, Jumbo's the stronger team, and he has over three minutes on him. So. Um, you know, Brigadier can certainly attack them on, on steeper alpine climbs. Like we're going to see this weekend and Van Art's taking a lot of, a lot of fatigue into the weekend, but if he can survive these two alpine stages and remember these things finish on descents and Van Art's one of the best descenders in the world. And this is, it's actually a fairly soft tour route. There's not many toughs. There's two tough summit finishes. And a lot of these big mountain stages favor a slightly bigger, more powerful, um, descender like Van Aert because he you know, can basically, you know, he's been, he's spotted a minute on the bottom of the final climb because he can pull back that much time on a descent. So he's going to be, in short, he's going to be a tough guy to get rid of, a real tough guy to get rid of. This is, to me, this is the big story of the day. You know, obviously the Roglic falling out of contention is big, but I think we all deep down knew it when, when we saw him so, so banged up after stage three Anyone who's ridden through injuries like that, no, you just can't. You you never see a mama, a rider all mummy wrapped up winning the tour for a reason. You just can't do it. Um, Jonas Vindigard crashes for Jumbo. They've had such bad luck with crashes, but he finishes with that group. You know, so they still have Jonas up there. Um, they can play Jonas and Wout Van Aert off each other. You know, they've had a terrible Jumbo's had a terrible opening week. They've been involved in pretty much every major crash. They've lost their grand, their major contender. But they've salvaged this so well, so well. Um, and on the flip side, I'd say Ineos. that Carapace attack looked great today. He's one of my favorite riders. I, I love how he races. But yeah, it's a bad day for them. They get no one in that breakaway. They should have had Richie Port or Teo Gegenhardt or even Garrett Thomas up. I guess Garrett Thomas wasn't strong enough. He's still nursing some injuries, but they get no one up there. You know, they have Dylan Van Barr, but they needed a, an outside GC contender up there. Um, And then that final move, they just get pulled back. And yes, 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 UAE looked weak. They could possibly capitalize on that later. But the problem is that there's these teams coming out of nowhere to help UAE. You know, total direct energy. Movistar. It's like these lower placings are so important here that teams will just come out of the woodwork to do work for the favorites, which makes no sense. It logically makes no sense. Well, actually, maybe it logically makes sense. Sport in a sporting sense, it makes no sense, but you know just just logically yeah it's a big deal to finish for Pierre Latour to get fifth of the tour is a huge deal so his team will work to make that happen and Pogachar can just really surf off of that that's I think what will ultimately help him here is when he gets isolated the only place you can really it matters if he's isolated are stages like today transition stages because if when you isolate him on mountain stages the guy is strong he's stronger than you he's going to drop you doesn't matter if he's by himself so you know, maybe he could be stuck in a in an alpine valley and he's sixty k from the finish, and there's a team that has him isolated, but even then he can just, you know, he'll just sit on and he'll just be patient until the next mountain pass and he'll blow you away. The guy is that strong. He's so strong. So we saw in that time trial, he's not even really a time trial, and he destroyed everybody. So imagine what he's going to do when we actually get to the mountains. But on these in these transition stages, this is where you need to put him under pressure. But unfortunately, these are these are rare opportunities, and he's getting bailed out by other teams. So going to be hard for Ineos to salvage this race, I think. Uh, I, I thought that Carapaz move was pretty good. Uh, my wife thought he should have gone earlier. I'm, I'm really going to have to dig into that, see if that's a right or wrong take. I think maybe the move just would have been just be in the move. The move is to be in the move. Um, and he, they missed it. They were trying to salvage it late. He spends a ton of energy before a really tough weekend with that you know, final 10K breakaway while Pogachar's sitting in. Um, so I think it's just going to be hard for them. We're going to see a lot of interesting stuff um, this weekend. Quick green jersey notes. Mark Cavendish made the break, which really surprised me. Did not see that coming. Um, he gets the sprint points. He's got a big lead now, but I don't know about that. You know, He's not been training specifically for this tour. He's always struggled with the mountains, always struggled with time cuts. Um, I think Sagan and Matthews are going to try to stick it to him. The race tomorrow starts on a five-kilometer climb. I think they're going to go for the jugular there. Cavendish is going to be really tired from that breakaway today, and they are going to try to knock him out on that climb. You get the sprint points, and then it's a long mountain stage to the finish, so it could be some some squeaky bums with the time cuts there. Um, Actually, Chris Froome, I think, could struggle with the time cut too. He looked quite bad today. But yeah, tomorrow we, have, we go over three pretty big climbs in the last 50 kilometers. We have a 6K long, 8% climb to start the proceedings, and we have a 9K long, 9% climb. And then we finish on a 8K long, 8.5% climb, the Côte de la Colombière, very famous alpine climb. And there's just there's no flat in between those. There's just descents. And then you have a long descent to the finish. I think that descent's really going to help guys like Wout who might get Distance towards the top, but they can pulse a lot of time back on these on these descents. Then on Sunday we have another Alpine stage. I think a little bit easier. There is an HC climb in the middle of the stage. I'm 13k long at 8%. That's tough. And then we have a long, long drag up to 21 kilometer drag up to a a, a famous ski a famous ski resort. Uh, it is only 5.5% average though. That's actually perfect for Wout Van Aert. So. I think if Woot gets through tomorrow, it's actually going to be even harder for UAE and Bogachar to put him under trouble on Sunday. Um, and Sunday is that is a mountaintop finish. Um, I think that's got Pogachar written all over it. Um, if he can't win that, I'd, I'd be really shocked. But I, I do think that climb is good for Woot Venart. So um, I'm very bullish on Venart. It's, uh, I do have money on him, full disclosure, but I just really believe in his ability. I do think the appendicitis surgery could you know, that training could be the difference. He has looked a little bit off his best. It's crazy to say that because he's been doing so well, but um, if we just use Vanderpool as a reference point, he's a little bit off, but still today, I mean, that's a hard stage. You can't really fake it on a stage like today. And he <laughs> does, he kind of screws it up with 80k to go. He probably should have gotten with Motorich and then you know, now he's five minutes in the lead, but even, you know, Motorich got that initial gap and then him and Vanderpool just kind of held him steady in the last 40k and actually pulled back two more seconds on him. So, uh, those guys were motoring. Van Art is definitely, you know, in some type of form. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an exciting, interesting weekend of Mount stages and we have a rest day on Monday and I will talk to you again then. And remember you can sign up for the newsletter at beyondthepeloton.substack.com. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend of watching.